Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, I should probably stay off social media during the commercial break because now I'm jealous. I'm absolutely jealous watching my friend Anton Vincent and his wife Lindy and their daughter Chase at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, Shaka Khan... Uh, George Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, The Spinners, uh, Missy Elliott, they were all inducted along with Don Cornelius. And and they got all the pictures with all the celebrities and they got video. And I tell you, now I'm feeling some kind of way. I am very jelly right now. Very. I could just put some peanut butter and eat myself like a sandwich. I'm so jelly. I'm just going to have to close the computer so I can get on with the show. Because now I am, I am, I'm, I'm, I have Facebook envy. I really do. I don't know. Do y'all do that? Do y'all ever have Facebook envy where you go on Facebook and you see your friends doing something really like super cool that you want to do, that you've been dreaming of doing, that you were like, oh man, I wish I could go. And then you look up and they're like hanging out with Missy Elliott at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. That they're like, you know, singing with Usher at one of those $1,500 seat uh, Vegas concert tickets. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, I'm closing the computer. I'm going to get back to my show because I want to stay focused. Because when I met uh, Dana Newhouser, I was like, you know what? She's going to be my new best friend. She's doing amazing work. Um, she is right there on the front line making our community better, leveling the playing field, fighting for equality. You know, a lot of people will put up a social media post and say something is or isn't right. Um, they, they'll be the first ones to, to say something on the, their company's website. Um, but who's out there doing the work? Who's got their hands dirty? Who has a heart for justice? Dana does. Um, and I am so excited to have her joining me now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. It's her first time on the Shaletta Show. Hey, girl. Hey. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am so glad you are here. Um, if nobody else has said thank you, let me say thank you. If nobody else says that they appreciate you, let me say that I appreciate you. Um, having a heart for justice, um, whether you are on the board of the Minnesota Council of Churches or an ordained deacon in the United Methodist Church, um, you have been on the front lines, particularly uh, for racial justice, and, and you work uh, to equip people um, as part of of living it as a woman of faith in, in, in mm-hmm. our community. How, how did you get started on this journey? Oh, wow. That's a big question. Um, so I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and um, 
saw like my whole life, this, um, the impact of racial injustice. And I felt called from a young age to um, work toward justice. It took me a while to figure out exactly what my lane was. Um, as an Asian American woman, I was trying to figure out where I fit. Um, but I found this place as a um, Christian leader in the church, um, calling folks to do the work and to, um, to take responsibility for the work and not just leave it in the past and think it's done, but to look around and see how centuries of injustice has gotten us to the place that we're at. And we need to, as people of faith, step up and do some real truth telling and self-reflection and then dig in to make a big difference. And you are making a big difference with uh, March. And when I saw that, I was like, she's marching where she's marching. No, (laughs) March stands for something. March is something. Uh, You're uh, steering the team of March. Talk to me about March and that coalition. Yeah. So March stands for multi-faith, anti-racism, change and healing. And it's a coalition of um, interfaith leaders who've been working over the last many years um, toward justice from a faith-rooted perspective. And um, I think it was the coming out of the murder of Trayvon Martin, this like call to, we really need to do something in particular to show up for our black siblings. And the coalition is is multi-faith, as I said. It's also multiracial, but it is primarily made up of white communities, like the churches that are involved are predominantly white. So how do you equip and call forth white communities to stand up and to literally march? <laughs> um, plenty of time to show up um, at protests, at vigils, at the state legislature at city council meetings to say um, this is not what we can be. We can be something different. We can live into a future that is more just and more liberative for all of us. And that um, our faith leaders are saying we're, we got to be part of that. We can't be on the sidelines. We've got to be in the streets. But you know, that has traditionally been what faith leaders in this country do. You think back to Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, he was Absolutely. not just out there marching with black people. Um, he right. had his Jewish brothers and sisters, Hindu, Muslim, uh, you know, atheist, agnostic. They were all marching together, uh, Protestant and Catholics and Lutheran and Presbyterian and, and, and Southern Baptists, a couple of them, uh, you know, just fighting for inju- fighting for uh, justice and, and, you know, shining a light on darkness and injustice. And, and so, Absolutely. you know, for, for whatever reason, and I'm not sure when it happened, girl we got away from that and, and i'm sure that safety played a role uh if, if i had to be out there and, and they were killing you know frontline leaders religious leaders and and and, and folks were dying I, I don't know that i i would have been out there so so you know what's your best guess on on why things changed and why you're having to bring back something that was traditionally a part of faith leadership which is being on the front lines of injustice Yeah, I I mean, I know that there have been threads of this justice work and confronting oppression all throughout. So it maybe wasn't making the headline news the way it was um, when Dr. King was was in um, 
you know, in Birmingham and in Selma and, um, but so there have been people that I don't want to discount those folks who've been doing this work for, for decades and generations. But I do think that there's this kind of political, um, uh, we've been kind of pacified politically over the last, you know, generation to say, Oh, the civil rights movement took care of it. Right. So we don't have to deal with racial injustice anymore because, you know, laws were passed and people can vote and, and all, and segregation is illegal, et cetera. Um, and so there's this kind of uh, pacifying into not feeling like there's as much an urgency, right? But as in the last decade or so, we've seen like repeatedly there, there is not just an urgency, but it's like, it's never actually gone away. We're just in the age of social media, seeing it more, being confronted by it more. And at the same time, the political machine is kind of um, rolling back some of those gains that came out of the, the mid middle 20th century work. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there has been um, like a, a new energizing, a new calling forth of, of leaders across you know, across faiths to step up and say, no more. Like we have to, we have to like live this as part of our faith. Our faith calls us to that. Our faith equips us to be part of this resisting oppression and injustice and then building the world that we know is possible. Another world is possible, a, a world of justice and liberation for all. And that's, um, hopefully something that more and more people start to see as part of their faith lives and uh, more and more leaders and, you know, lay people start to get involved in because that's how we're actually going to affect change. And folks who listen to this show expect to be a part of change. And, and so mm -hmm. I want you to tell me how we can get involved. I've got pastors, um, lay leaders, uh, ministers, deacons, trustees, ushers, choir members, music ministry folks, uh, Billy Steele at my church, they are listening right now and they're thinking, how do I get involved in March? This is my first time hearing about it. How, how you know, how can people become a part of this movement? Yeah, well, I think one exciting um, thing that's, that I'm involved in right now as part of my work with March um, is actually called Sacred Reckonings. And Sacred Reckonings is kind of a congregational organizing tool that helps congregations, particularly historically white and predominantly white congregations, to um, work toward reparations. So I know reparations is kind of, um, it can spark lots of conversation and debate. debate. Um, but when we're talking about reparations, like the core of that is repair. And we've seen how um, so much harm has been done over the last several hundred years. Um, and so part of what we want to do is equip these um, predominantly white churches to engage in work in reparations that includes deep truth telling. We can't, we can't repair what we don't acknowledge. Um, spiritual practice, like this is something that both holds us up and nurtures us toward repair, but also we can't separate our our spiritual life from the damage that has been done in the name of Christ over the last few centuries. Right. Um, 
So truth-telling, spiritual practice, relationship. So understanding that part of this false narrative, this mythology around race, is that the race may be a mythology, but racism is very real and very problematic and very harmful. And so building relationship across difference, across race, is a key part of it. And understanding our interdependence and mutuality. So, um, and then um, political solidarity um, is another key component of our framework. Um, so how do we show up on the streets, at the protests, at, you know, City Hall? Um, how do we prepare ourselves, um, particularly folks who are not Black or Indigenous, um, so white folks, other people of color, how do we prepare ourselves spiritually and physically and mentally to show up in a way that we're asked to by frontline communities, black and indigenous folks, um, in a way that shows that we're actually there in true solidarity, not just like we're here to help. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then um, we talk about wealth return. So a lot of times we want to jump to wealth return. Um, you're talking about money, you're talking about land, and it's certainly a key part of what we're talking about when we talk about reparations, but it's, we kind of imagine it as all five, um, all five of those circles, so truth-telling, relationship, spiritual practice, political solidarity, and wealth return, at the center of a Venn diagram of all five circles is what reparations is. That's the repair mm-hmm. that we're after, and it's a lifelong process, yeah. right? This isn't like a six-week Bible study and we're done. <laughs> like, this is deep, ongoing work that has to happen. And we're focusing, um, on, like I said, on, on particularly predominantly and historically white congregations and equipping those folks because there is, a, like, this history of racism, of genocide, of chattel slavery, of land theft has been a Christian problem. Like settler colonial folks, settler colonizers came in with a cross at the front. And you and I know that that's not really what Jesus was about, Mm -hmm. right? So we're trying to like face the truth of the past and fix it um, in ways that are like actually ongoing transformation, not just one time, you know, writing a check and being done with it. so that's the, the work of Sacred Reckonings that I'm super excited about. And we have trainings coming up and people can check out the, the guidebook is free. It's available to download online. Um, and then folks who are interested in March can um, check out our website, which, uh, yep, <laughs> I'm trying to pull it up so I know the site. Well, let's just say the um, Sacred Reckonings website is Mm sacredreckonings.com. And um, I'm just drawing a blank on the March website. But um, I'll look it up. You keep talking. Okay, great. (laughs) So um, we're doing kind of this specific work around reparations, trying to really engage people in something deeper than – just talking about race and racial difference. I Mm -hmm. think a lot of congregations got really activated and really excited um, to 
be involved in anti-racism work, um, especially in light of the murder of George Floyd. There was a lot of um, energy then, and um, that's important work, and that should be ongoing as well. But um, we're trying to invite folks into some this reckoning work that's ongoing, and how do we do that and do it well so that we can build something new and healed for our future together. Well, I'm sending folks over to marchminnesota.org. Um, that is where they can go to get more information. Uh, I, I just appreciate you, Dana, for being oh, on the show, you. for meeting me, for coffee, for talking this thing out. Um, and, and that is how we learn, we grow, we connect, we communicate and help our community together uh, because you're not going to solve the problem. I can't solve the problem, but together we can That's make right. a dent and make a difference. Thank y'all uh, for listening to Dana and I chat it up and we will be right back. Are we just skipping over Thanksgiving? I mean, are we like just saying, you know what? Yeah. Turkey, yeah, dressing, whatever greens. I'm just not going to be concerned about it. Have we just like forgotten that, um, it's November, and later this year, on a, later this month on a Thursday, um, we will shut down and give thanks for our many blessings and have a dinner with our family. Some of us will travel. Some people will travel. Have we forgotten that? Because I was at the store uh, going shopping, making sure the kids had something to eat while I'm here, you know, getting all the Lunchables and snack packs. And um, they had the... Halloween stuff kind of still up and around on discount on sale. So I thought, you know, I'll, I'll go and, and pick up a few of those things on sale, put them in the back third stall of the garage. And that way I don't have to worry about buying them next year at full price. And so I was, you know, kind of picking over the picked over stuff and, and seeing what I could get. And the Christmas stuff is coming out. I was like, it is November the 1st, y'all. Where is the respect for the turkey? Where is the respect for Thanksgiving? Did we just forget we have a holiday between Halloween and Christmas? I saw no Thanksgiving decorations. I saw no, like, you know, little turkey paper plates or little pilgrim hats or any of that. Nothing. No Thanksgiving, like, tablecloths. They went straight from Halloween Christmas. The trees are up. The trees are up. The lights are on the trees. The trees are for sale. You walk through the store. They got the trees in the produce department because they want to make sure you do not forget to buy your tree. And that's good. That's fine. Thank you for the reminder. But I'm going to need us to put a little bit of respect on Thanksgiving. Okay? I, I looked the other day. Sean's already taking the greens out. Our friend Jeff Lewis from church. Uh, we call him Cousin Jeff. Called Sean over to Golden Valley to come over to the house because his greens came in. And uh, Sean went over and got some bunches of greens. So he's going to be making some some greens for Thanksgiving. And, and, and then we'll have, um, you know, our, our turkey. And, you know, my friends at Almanac and I were talking because Brandon Hennehan is, uh, you know, not there anymore. So somebody has to provide the turkey because Brandon and his wife Always did that, you know, for our annual TPT Thanksgiving dinner. So I stepped in. I said, I'm going to do it because I'm sick of people disrespecting Thanksgiving. And they were like, oh, my gosh, Shaletta, this is great. Thank you so much for stepping in, for uh, taking Brandon's place. Now, what time do you and Sean plan to be here to cook the turkey? 
And I said, oh, I'm sorry. Um, see, so the way we, we are going to do it is we're going to go over to the Hy-Vee and we're going to buy two cooked turkeys, warm, hot and fresh out the oven. And then we're just going to be transportation. Sean and I are just going to be Uber Eats because I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just not. I, I, I love Thanksgiving. I'm advocating for Thanksgiving. But I just I can't just keep bending over and basting and, and all that other stuff. When there are trained professionals at the Hy-Vee who are specialists in making sure that the turkey is delicious and moist and good. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And I, I just you know, I got some other work to do. So I can't be cooking two whole turkeys uh, for anybody, including my own family. So I, I don't, I don't know. Does that take a little bit of the, the the love off of it if you buy a cooked turkey? Am I doing something wrong? I hope not. I hope not because I'm doing it in love. I mean, they didn't complain about it. So um, I, I'm sure that when I bring it, you know, they'll eat it and we'll enjoy it. Um, you know, Mark Fry was the one who told me about you know Javi. They catered his wedding. Um, and he talked about how good the food is. So that was the first place I called to get my um, pre-made turkeys that I will be taking over to Almanac. You know what I should have done? I should have just told him to cook the turkeys. I should have given Javi no credit. I should have walked in like with a little apron on and, you know, like spray some water on my face. Like I've been sweating and, you know, put, you know, throw a bunch of like gravy stains on my, on my blouse and be like, you know, guys, I've been, I've been working. I just, I'm so tired. And that probably would have got me so many more. I talk too much. I'd go to commercial jobs cause I talk too. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law damn much oh yeah it's the season honey we don't skip right over thanksgiving it's christmas time just go ahead and put the lights up sean put the lights up last week i'm like it can we get get with the turkey no christmas time okay let's go let's do it let's do it and since it is christmas time i had to invite my friend santa pat patrick moses we met last year at the Santa Experience at the Mall of America. And, and while he was enjoying my kids and loving on them, um, we got to talk. And turns out he's from Houston 
I'm from Houston. Uh, and and uh, he actually lives on the same street that my father grew up on. So when I had our family's Christmas party last year, he came over and entertained our kids and he read my books and then turned around and told me, well, Miss Shaletta, do you know I have a book coming out? And I said, well, Santa Pat, when your book comes out, I want to make sure you come on my show. So guess who is here? Joining me courtesy of the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. It is Santa Pat. Hey, Santa Pat. <laughs> well, hello there, Selena. How are you today? <laughs> it is so good hearing your voice and hearing your laugh. Uh, I was just at an event last night, and everybody was so excited that you are coming back this year for the Santa experience at the Mall of America. Uh, we have already started booking our time with you because we are so excited to see you again this year. Absolutely. This is my third year returning, and I would like for you all to know that my dates are split. So I'm there the 12th through the 14th, and then the 16th through the 18th. Okay, so if you want to book Santa Pat, um, you make sure you take note of those dates, take your vacation time, get off work early, call in sick, do whatever you have to do, because Santa Pat is amazing with the kids. And if you want to see Santa Pat in action, you go to Simply Autastic Siblings. My kids interviewed him last year as a part of their uh, podcast show, and he was just so amazing. Um, a lot of the parents who listen to this show uh, have special needs children, and you took such uh, time and patience with my kids. Uh, you do some sign language. It, it was just amazing to be with you. My kids are still talking about it. And the one thing we are talking about now is this new book. You promised me you were going to come on the show. You made good on your promise. You have a, you. this is a debut of your new children's book, A Best Friend's Christmas. Okay, you got to talk to me about that. Wow. Well, the inspiration came perhaps as I worked as a nanny in South Texas back in 2017. But the um, first year of me being Santa, uh, I believed that I had reached uh, a peak. And so the next idea was what is it that I could do perhaps to take my presentation to the next level? And that light bulb came on and the pen began to write. So that's how A Best Friend's Christmas came about. Now, one thing I will tell you, that there is also a Spanish version, Una Navidad de Mejores Amigos. It, too, is available for purchase, and both of them, you can find them anywhere books are sold globally online. All you have to do is just search for A Best Friend's Christmas or Una Navidad de Mejores Amigos, or simply Google my name, and they will appear. <laughs> okay, now, what gave you the inspiration to write this book? Um, Just working with children and, again, taking my presentation to the next level, thinking, of course, I've already done Santa. What is it next that I can do? And during the process of me writing the first book, um, inspiration came for me to come up with a series. So you guys got to look for more to come from me. <laughs> well, I can't I wait. A, I would expect the second children's book out by next Christmas. Well, I, I tell you, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to get here. Like I said, all the moms 
uh, that I was were seated with last night at the Frasier Gala. They were talking about they had already booked you and they were bragging on you. And and I had just oh, had to tell them, well, I just want to let you know Santa Pat will be on my radio show tomorrow. Because, see, they thought that, uh, and this is the funny thing, is everybody thought that they had some type of special connection with you. But by the time we finished talking, we realized this is just who you are. You make every child and the adults as well feel extra special. And, and that is a gift, Santa Pat. Wow. Well, one thing I will tell you that I will be appearing at Black Garnet Books in St. Paul, Minnesota on Friday, December the 15th from 4 until 6 p.m. And there you'll be able to purchase your book. And, of course, I'd be more than glad to give you an autographed copy. At the same time, I'd like to suggest for those who are interested, go ahead and order your books now online so that you'll have them in time and think. It'd be the perfect Christmas gift as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we're doing. We like for kiddos that we know, we like to uh, stuff the stocking with books. And, you know, we also don't want it to be lost that you are an African-American Santa. And so to have that black Santa on the cover of that Christmas book, whether your children are black or not, that means something, doesn't it, Santa Pat? Well, it does. And I just want to let you know also that the book is just not about a black Santa. It's actually representation because there's a German character. There's a Hispanic character, also an Asian character. So it brings everybody together. Well, that's what you do. That is your gift. And I'm glad you came uh, to join us. So uh, Santa Pat will be at the Mall of America December 12th through the 14th, the 16th through the 18th at the Santa Experience. This is his third year. He's got a brand new children's book out, A Best Friends Christmas. And on Friday, December 15th from 4 to 6, he'll be doing a book signing at Black Garnet Books right here in the Twin Cities. Um, and, and like Santa Pat suggested, get your book early so that when you get there, you will already have it. We've got ours. My kids love it. And I know yours will too. Santa Pat, thank you so much for being on the show. You're so very welcome. And thank you for having me. And I look forward to seeing you guys this holiday season. <laughs> and you guys stick around. We've got more to come. I remember when I used to be Steve Thompson's producer and he would come in here after my show because I was also my own producer. And those times between shows were always amazing. God will always put something in Steve's heart or spirit to tell me or to bless me with. And it was always life changing. I, I, Steve, I miss it's almost like bumping into you, but I miss just being in here in the studio with you and, and you telling me something about you know, parenting or we laugh about something with the kids or something Michelle, you know, told you to tell me. And, you know, I I just, every time we talked, every time we chatted, every time, you know, we brushed up against each other, it it was always a blessing from God for me. Well, that is very nice. Thank you. Um, Yeah. You know, it's been kind of a weird few years in the world. You know, we COVID, for the most part, is in the rearview mirror. Yeah, I hope. Um, but what a change! You know yeah. what? What a change in our world that was. And I think as we get more time and space, when everything was shut down and we were all sent to do our shows at home yeah. or out at the transmitter site mm-hmm. or wherever, and we were separated because it's really the first time in radio I had to do the show remote. Where it was like, 
you you can't be in studio. We've got to separate everybody. And but that that's three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Three Go, going years on ago. four. Going on four it, years. It it is Rudy. Go, it's so long ago. Rudy Gobert was playing <laughs> for the Utah Jazz. That's how long ago it was. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> and, and you that's that you know that's how you know you reaching when you look and, and see where Rudy Gobert was playing. That's how that's how yeah. we're judging time. <laughs> Ru- Rudy Gobert wasn't even in the NBA. It was so long. No. Uh, but and by the way, the Timberwolves are home tonight. They they've been kind of up and down, but yeah, it, it, I was thinking about that. I, I was out in the yard doing some yard work. Uh, I I didn't think that snow was going to go away. When we got all that snow, I was thinking to myself, all right, well, it's going to have to wait until spring. It's done. Yeah, yeah I, no. I, I, I might as well put the rake away and forget about it. Not going to happen. Not going to Then it warmed up. So yeah. I, I'm getting a bit of a reprieve to get things cleaned up around the yard, which, which is a good feeling. Yeah, uh, we get a little get bit of time. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I called the, the, my, my guy and I was like, okay, Mr. JC, I'm going to need you to come on over before the snow comes because I just thought, oh, my God, these leaves are going to be in my yard until next year. But it warmed up. It it, yeah. it melted. And so we got we to gotta get it on. Get it on out of there. Now, Steve, my uh, my 17-year-old is driving, and on the first snow day, he uh, hit a pole. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, he hit the pole. He How much was damage did he do? 3000 whole dollars, Steve. Now, number one, though, when whenever my Aaron has taken driver's ed, uh, with, with hand controls, et cetera, from Courage Center. But my oldest daughter, when she started driving, I, I was kind of a nervous wreck so every nervous. time she'd leave the house in the car, particularly when the weather was bad. Yeah. And number one is, is he okay? Uh, number one was not, is he okay? Number one is, <laughs> were you speeding? Did you press your brakes? You know, I'm going to check the tracker because I bet you were speeding. I did not even ask if the boy was okay. I was like, oh, my God, where's the AAA card? But yeah. he, he hit the pole uh, on the side, so there's just a little front end damage. But because he's got this really nice car for his first car, instead of getting the junker like the rest of us got in the world, um, it's it's expensive, so it's three thousand dollars. And oh, he said, my. "Yeah, he said, Steve. He said, look, Steve, his first little adult life lesson. He said, so, mom, um, are you gonna pay uh, for me to get my car fixed? I said, well, no, son, it's your car. I'm not gonna pay for it. And he said, well, I mean, I shouldn't have to pay for it. It's not my fault. And I said, well, son, in life, there are going to be some things that are not your fault, but they're still your responsibility. Yeah. Now, this is your car." This is your responsibility. So you call Jimmy John's or or, or uh, uh, and McDonald's, and you ask them, um, you know, if you can pick up you some more hours, get off that video game because you got three thousand dollars to come up with. Because I'm, am I wrong, Steve? Am I wrong for not no. paying it? Because I don't want to pay it. I didn't hit the pole. No, not not at all. And I'll, I'll tell you a similar story. Uh, I I got an old vehicle from my mom. She moved on. It was an old Jeep. Mm-hmm. And she had bought something different and was real generous and gave my oldest daughter a, a vehicle to drive. And she, she drove it in a high school, and it was just fine. But but Dad was around to check the oil. And 
I, I showed her all of that. Here, here's how you check the oil and make sure because it was an older car and yeah. used a little bit of oil. It, it, it wasn't like a mosquito killer kicking a lot of smoke right, off the back right. or anything like that. But but it was an older Jeep and it used a little bit of oil. And I said, you got to change the oil. So about every week we'd go out and check it and I'd show her how to do it and so on and so forth. And if if you needed oil, what what kind to put in it, where you put the oil in. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to be a good dad. Yeah. So long story short, she goes off to college. And one of the thing is, as I said, you know, you're going to bring your Jeep up to college. And she was up at, at St. Ben's, St. John's. So not too far away. But when she went to school, she stayed up there and I stayed home. And I said, you, you've got to check the oil in that old Jeep. Well, it... <laughs> <laughs> it didn't get checked. Mm. And one time she came home to visit and get some money and do some laundry. And Oh, by the way, say hello to mom and dad. Uh, <laughs> I, I went out there and checked the oil. It wasn't one quart low. It wasn't two quarts low. Uh-uh. This, this old Jeep was three quarts Yikes. low. So I ran up to the auto parts store, filled it up with oil, and sent her on her way. And I said, you got lucky. You didn't blow up the motor. Well, later that year, same deal. Didn't check the oil, came home, did blow up the motor. And I said, this is on you. Ooh. And you got to figure out the next step. Now, I ended up co-signing on a loan to buy her a vehicle because we mm-hmm. had to get rid of the Jeep. The engine right. was shot. But I give her credit, you know, she, she paid that loan off and it helped her credit and that sort of thing. But same kind of deal with you and your son. I just said, you know, Ellen, I know you're in school and you don't have a lot of money and all of that sort of thing, but, but you, you blew up the motor. Yeah. You didn't check the oil. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you're, you're doing the right thing. Okay. Absolutely. But you know, you did, you know, they, they, this, they'll, they'll make you feel like you're the bad parent. Well, you got the money. <laughs> and that's what he told me. You got the money. I said, that's your car. It's not my, well, I don't understand why. And he's trailing me, you know, like a little fly behind my ear. I don't know why you don't just give me the money. And, and mom, you, you've got the money. It's not like it's going, I don't care what I got. That's my money. That's not your money. Call well, Jimmy and, John's, call McDonald's, get you some right. shelves, sell them shoes. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, there's there's a lot of folks hiring right now, and here here's the thing about it too, is is that next time when it is snowing and it is a little slippery, mm. he might slow down and think about it yeah. a little bit more. And the, and the fact that he didn't get hurt is huge. Yeah, it's a but, blessing. You know, it's but, a blessing. But beyond that, it is an important lesson that. You know, your actions, maybe he was driving a little too fast Yeah, and, in the snow. And you know what we did, too? We put his butt on the school bus. See, nobody <laughs> wants to be the senior in high school riding on the school bus. So so the next morning yeah. when it was time to go to school, oh, yeah. he was like, "Uh, who's going to take me? I was like, that big yellow thing with those 35 kids on it is coming. Get on yeah, it. And, and, and my property tax has paid for it. Hello, so. and I'm not using it. Let me get two, three rides. So you're right, Steve. Yeah. If nothing else, this is a good lesson on slowing down, paying attention, making sure that he watches his speed. Because he's at that age, um, that 17-year-old age, where the answer to everything is I know. I know. Slow down, well, son. I know. And, and what's scary about it is at that age, and I remember, you, you feel indestructible. You, mm. you, you you feel that you're not going to get hurt, that something bad's not going to happen. And, and that's what makes that age tough, especially for drivers, 
because you're like, well, I'm surrounded by this car. I got an airbag. I got a seatbelt and all that sort of thing. But yeah, it it is uh, it is an important lesson, and I'm I I I I hope he learns it and drives safely. Well, if he don't, he gonna be back on that yellow school bus because we are not helping him. We are not helping him. Oh, oh my that goodness! That is painful. Well, I am so glad you hung out with me. I know you got to get your show ready, but you have a great show. I'll be listening on my drive home to Cottage Grove. And thank y'all for listening to the Shaletta Show and hanging out with me. We'll see y'all next Saturday. Stick around for my friend Steve. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.